welcome to His Hands, His Feet podcast. I'm your host, Kenneth Camp. Today, I'm thrilled for you to hear from Robin Goebel. Robin is a licensed clinical social worker and psychotherapist who specializes in adoption, attachment, and trauma. She's the founder of Central Texas Attachment and Trauma Center located in Austin, Texas, and she works with young children, their families, as well as adults. Robin is a speaker, trainer, and writer whose greatest superpower is being with people in a way that makes them feel seen, gotten, heard, and deeply cared for. I asked Robin for this interview specifically for because of a chapter in my book, Foster and Adoptive Parenting. And the chapter is about taking care of yourself as a parent, which speaks to parents' need to pay attention to their own physical, emotional, and spiritual health so they are fully able and present to help their children heal. With that, let's join the conversation. Robin, welcome. Thank you for taking time to talk with me today. Kenny, thanks for having me. Yes. You know, Danielle and I have had a few opportunities over the past couple of years, you know, to hear you speak. You know, I remember one was at a um, Empowered to Connect class that uh-huh. uh, the Corys were leading. And then also, yes. of course, you know, we, we attended your retreat this past spring, which was fantastic. And uh, and I know I've heard you speak in some other areas. But I, what I wanted to say is I really appreciate your ability to share your knowledge and counsel in a very humble and personable way. It, it uh mm-hmm. It connects well, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks. But, and, I, and I really trust that that's going to come through to those listening as you share your thoughts on our subject today, which the subject, for those who are listening, is uh, the importance of parents taking care of themselves. And, of course, you know, that's true, right, for any parent, but, you know, we're specifically talking about parents of children uh, that have a trauma background or come from a hard place, whether it's, you know, through foster care or adoption or just some challenging behavior and so um, I've heard you talk about that some and it's a chapter in my book uh, that and I really think it's very important um, so yeah, I wanted to kind of share a little bit I, I do this in the chapter of the book but mm-hmm. just kind of summarize you know when Danielle and I uh, when our son was placed with us as a foster only child he was about eight months old and the CPS caseworker told me on the phone Hey, he should only be with you guys for just a short while. You know, yeah. Extended family that are very interested in this. And so Danielle and I, our thought was, you know, we can do anything for a few weeks. We can, mm-hmm. uh, well, you know, 15 months later, we, st- we were standing yeah. in front of the judge adopting our son. And, yeah. um, you know, when we started looking back or, you know, kind of saying, okay, you know, wow, we haven't done a very good job over the past 15 months paying attention to what we need both individually and, our, and also in our marriage. And, and so, you know, that was, uh, you know, that created some interesting challenges, I think, you know, both relationally and also in our parenting. So that's why sure. I think this is a very important topic. To Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so can we just start off with just that, a real simple question and that being, you know, why is it important for parents uh, to take care of ourselves? Uh, can you just take some time and expand on that? Yeah, you bet. I mean, just like you said, that's important for all for all parents. But, um, you know, I think it's why it's so important for parents who are parenting kiddos who especially, you know, adopted and foster kiddos have experienced uh, the trauma and abuse and neglect before coming to their home. I think it's so crucial for 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 many, many different reasons. Um, I mean, I think it's so much 
harder, first of all, to, to, to parent a kiddo who, who needs just your regular parenting as well as, um, you know, containment and holding for all this trauma that they're bringing into your home. Like it's just exhausting. Um, so from a very basic level, I think that really speaks to why, uh, foster and adoptive parents in particular really need to focus on, on self-care that, that this parenting journey is in, in many ways harder, um, than parenting and caring for a kid who hasn't experienced trauma. Um, but then the other really important piece of the thing that I really talk about in my, in my work, like clinically in the, in the room, but also, um, why we wanted to do the retreat that we did. And, um, we just, we had our first meeting yesterday preparing for next year's, um, is that kiddos who, who come into a family with less optimal attachment, like their attachment patterns typically aren't secure and they have all of this trauma inside their nervous system that those kiddos in order to, to, to shift and move and to bring their nervous system more towards regulation and more towards secure attachment, it's absolutely imperative that the parents have that to offer them. Um, so whether we look at it through the language like secure attachment or we look at it through the language of regulation that kiddos who kiddos who are dysregulated and have trauma in their nervous systems really need a caregiver to provide them with as much like regulation in their own nervous systems as possible. Mm-hmm. So that just uh, you know, unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, just really raises the bar for parents with regards to that self-care piece that it is so crucial um, because they're they They depend on it. Of course, the parents do, um, but their kids really, really need it. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, both positively and negatively. I've exactly. experienced that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've, I've seen our son, you know, over the these past few years, just really mirror mm-hmm. how well or how poorly I I, I do that. And so, right. Yeah, I, I I hear you. Yeah, and I I have a biological son. He's ten, um, and so doesn't have the trauma or attachment loss history that the kids that I work with or that your son has, and and he's a mirror for my husband mm-hmm. and I's nervous system. So. Is when things start to get kind of wonky in our house, and as soon as we're regulated enough to be clear about it, instead of just kind of mad about it, you know, yeah. yep. that's that's a very first question we have to ask ourselves too: is what's going on for us? Like, what is he picking up on? How are how have we lost our ability to stay not not just calm, but just regulated mm-hmm. and connected and present? Or what's he missing? Is he missing connection time with us? Or is something happening in our lives that's pulling us away from him? And is he responding to that? So uh, that's true of all children. But these kids in particular have, um, they just have a smaller uh, window for what they can tolerate with regards to misattunement or dysregulation in the parent's nervous system. Yep. Yeah. Which just, you know, really drives home our need to really take care of ourselves. And, Absolutely. And, so, yeah. So, you know, in the book, in the chapter, you know, I uh-huh. refer to five things that I personally think are important. Of course, it's not an all-inclusive list, um, but one was just to pay attention to your physical body. Uh, yep. You know, another one was to pay attention to your emotional, I call it emotional cup. Yeah. You know, what's going on emotionally. 
Another was to invest in significant relationships, you know, such as your marriage and those that are close to you. And then yes. I, and then I touched on two others, you know, just the importance, which I touched on this in another chapter as well, but the importance of recruiting help uh, and then understanding secondhand trauma. Yeah. Now, any of those, um, what are your thoughts on those? Do you want to add to that or expound on any of those? Well, I, I mean, I think that's a great summary and so much of what I would say, I think fits into one of those five categories. Um, and I also just kind of chuckled as I noticed, like, this is so much about what we're trying to do for our kids, right? Like we're trying right. to help them pay attention to their bodies. Right. And, and sometimes that's the first place I start with parents, you know, well, what snacks like for your kid? Are they getting enough movement? Cause that's a really easy sure. concrete place to intervene with. Um, and not much else can happen if there's a breakdown there. So yeah. How's your body? How's your emotional health? How's your, how are their relationships? Right. That's if we would just take everything we know to do for our kids and right. mirror it back on ourselves, we'd be great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Very, very true. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you're going to, I'm hoping you'll give me some more depth. That's what I'm at. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what yes, you absolutely. absolutely. I mean, so like I said, as I was like, well, what else would I add to this list? As I read your chapter and, and, and really so much of what I would say in some way, shape or form would fall into somehow one of those two categories. Like, um, you know, first and foremost, if, if parents are struggling, I start to think about like, how are you getting enough sleep? Mm -hmm. Are you, how is your body being taken care of, care of? Are you moving your body enough? Mm -hmm. Because, um, you know, trauma, trauma can be contagious. Like this, like a cold oh, yeah. can be practically right. Like our, our bodies are electrical and emit energy. So we, and we sync up with each other. Mm -hmm. So as our, the, the dysregulation that comes off of our kids we, we seep that, that seeps into our own bodies. Um, and one of the first things I tell people if they've had any kind of trauma, like a car accident or something unexpected or anything traumatic is, is like, this will sound silly, but you want to make sure you drink lots and lots and lots of water hmm. and move your body, not in a, not necessarily in a rigorous way, right. but keep body, keep your body moving, give it opportunities to move and use all of that, like cortisol and adrenaline that's that's in your body and help it helps help some of that trauma that you're picking up on. Just, just move, yep. um, eating well. And you know, in your book, it's, it's, it's it, sometimes we, I kind of notice some of the simplicity of it because we try to, we, we tend to make things so much more complicated than they really are. But like, but right. Busy families aren't right. necessarily looking at what are we eating? What are we putting into our bodies? Do I have too much caffeine? Right. Right. Like, um, and so really taking a good, good, hard look at simple, simple stuff. It's a lot easier to tackle your like getting 30 minutes of exercise in than it is mm -hmm. to, to go, okay, I need to uncover all of my own personal childhood trauma and work through that. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just get some exercise, move your body. Um, you know, I'm doing some, um, I started a nine month, um, group for, um, adoptive parents. And it's the first time I've done anything this in depth, mm. this mm -hmm. intensive. And part of what we're talking about is, is these daily pieces and that movement 
movements, one of them hmm. eating. It's one of them taking, you know, doing those things to take care of your body, getting out in nature. What are the mm-hmm. things that you can do to take care of your body? So, um, I think that's vitally important. And I also think it's typically not super overwhelming for a, a stressed out parent to look at, sure. um, that the, you know, it's kind of task oriented. Um, and yeah, I loved what you talk about as far as, you know, recruiting help. And I think that can be looked at in so many ways. Like we can look at simple stuff. Like I just, you know, I've talked to some parents lately about start Instacarting their groceries, you know, like, Mm. Hey, let's use technology to our advantage and take a task off of your list. You know, is how, how great would it be not to have to go to the grocery store? Um, or order the meals that come to your house ready to be prepared. And, um, but trying to find like financially reasonable ways to get help, um, all the way up to, do you need to find a great babysitter that you can train so you can, you know, feel safe letting them be with your kids? Or do you need to grow your community and grow your like-minded parents so that, Mm You could maybe trade off babysitting or if nothing else, you know, I tell parents like meet other parents with trauma kids so you can get together and nobody has to feel embarrassed or, oh, I'm sorry that my kid is doing this kind of quirky thing or because you all just get it. Yep. Um, So absolutely the recruit help. Yeah, that that last thing you said, uh, you know, like in my book, I say find a group of like-minded parents who understand the challenge of parenting a child from a hard place and do life with them. Because I remember at the retreat, you you talked about that when you were starting the retreat. You said, you know, uh, what you you like about those kind of settings is that everybody walks into that room or if you're doing life with parents that just understand, you're just immediately more relaxed and you're not on constant guard of, oh my goodness, how are they going to respond to my kid just doing what my kid did? And so, yeah, I'm glad you touched on that. Right. There's this instant understanding of this Mm -hmm. person. This person gets it. I don't have to explain it. I don't have to hear like, oh yeah, my kid does that too. And inside it's like, no, they don't. (laughs) They really don't. (laughs) So yeah, just having people you don't have to explain yourself to and you can... Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the science is showing how important that is for um, for helping us find some regulation in our nervous system, like to sh- to have shared experiences, mm. to be with people who get it, to f- not feel isolated and alone, and um, to to know that it's not just me. It's you know, there's people all, all over the country, all over the world, sharing in this journey. That yep. that actually helps the brain and helps find regulation. So good. Yeah, just one of the main, you know, purposes talking about the book that that I wanted to write the book was hopefully to encourage parents and families that they're not alone. They don't need to be alone. And so this is a big part of that. Yes. So another another thing about recruiting help, and and I mentioned it briefly in the book, is about um, professional help, like meeting with a counselor such as yourself. When do you think that's a good idea? Wow, that's a great question. I think that that can vary so much family to family. I think um, oftentimes profession, what I see is families reaching out for help when it's really gone past the point of mm. I need help. You know, I think if I would love for, to be able to figure out a way to, 
to almost destigmatize mm-hmm. what it means to ask out, you know, reach out and ask for professional help so that um, we can reach people before they're just drowning. Right. Um, and I think when you when you start to notice changes in yourself, changes in like I'm more short tempered than usual. I'm not. This isn't fun. Par- right. Parenting, you know, we don't we don't go into parenting hoping to fulfill our own personal needs or we shouldn't. But the truth is, is that like, there's a, there is a, there's reciprocity in parenting and we give into our kids and we want to get joy and fun back. Not Mm -hmm. all the time, but sometimes. So when that reciprocity is not really what not happening, the it's, it's actually painful. Like the circuitry in our brains would register that as pain and to notice when I'm not eating as well, or I'm not finding joy in things that I used to find joy in, or, um, I'm not sleeping as well. I'm yeah. Like I said, I'm short tempered. I'm having Mm -hmm. more arguments with my spouse or, um, I know all the right things to do and I'm just having such a hard time actually doing them, Mm -hmm. um, are really great signs that, our nervous system starting to get impacted in a negative way. And it's, sure. it might be time to, to get some help for that. Again, I want to reemphasize, we're talking about the parents, not the, Absolutely. Ch- not the child. Cause a lot of times, right. We were like, well, yes, my child needs counseling. And you know, we, yeah. we put a lot of energy into that and which is probably very true, but yeah, I'm talking about us as parents and, um, yeah, yeah. That, and I'm seeing a shift in that and yes, families yeah. understand, like being okay with that, Mm -hmm. that there's only so much a kiddo can do in therapy if the parents are really struggling. Um, so I want to go in and intervene on that level and, and and see how can I help the family? How can I help Mm y'all feel better? Um, yeah, because that's most of the work. Yeah, it really is. And I, um, I, I say in the book and I'm sure I've heard it from someone else might have been you and if so i'm giving you credit right now but, <laughs> um, that uh you know a lot of times our kids don't need counseling they need a healthy us yeah and so if we'll pay attention to that and and get help when we're seeing those kind of things which yeah daniel and i are, are very uh proponents of that you know yeah you know that's why we attended that yeah retreat you know it's not like we yep. were in a desperate place but Right. You know, we knew we needed that and, and we continue to need that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, all good stuff. Do you mind? Uh, yeah, I'll just briefly talk about uh, secondhand trauma in that chapter. Or do you feel prepared to talk about that at all? Sure, sure. Absolutely. Um, I, yeah, I I think about it in two ways. And I also, I think about it. It's something I have to think about in my, my role as a therapist is that, um, the secondary trauma that comes from knowing our kids stories and hearing about Mm -hmm. their backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And I talk to parents a lot about like the moment where your child becomes your child, as opposed to this child you're trying to adopt or this kid that you can't wait to bring into your home or Mm -hmm. this foster child that is probably going to go home 
it, eventually they become your child yep. and emotionally and then their story changes for you right like yeah it becomes the stuff that you read about in a court report or you read about in their file mm-hmm. and instead of that it becomes what happened to my kiddo before i could be there for them oh, and that that's traumatizing um and to really feel and 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 notice their their trauma and their tragedy in a whole different way that you know there's trauma in that um and there's trauma in Hmm. there's there's trauma in parenting a kiddo who's not letting you parent them Mm -hmm. um and that that's no fault of their own and these kids are doing the best that they can um but when you've had attachment be your trauma it's really hard to let yourself open up for more attachment experiences. Um, and for, for, for us as parents and looking for, um, relationship and looking for this dyadic experience of parenting, that that's traumatizing. Mm -hmm. You know, what we already talked about, like not giving that back, not to mention the fact that some kids that I work with have pretty challenging behaviors. Um, and that leaves parents isolated or rejected or criticized. Um, it leaves parents physically it in harm's way. You know, I have parents who are physically harmed by their mm-hmm. children. Um, so there's all of that trauma that's happening. And, and then there's that piece that I already mentioned about how, like, really the nervous system's contagious. So if I'm really dysregulated, what I really need is somebody who can be with me who's not so right. that their nervous system can kind of calm mine down and invite me into regulation. And, but that's not exactly what our bodies are designed to do. Like our bodies mm. are designed to notice, like when somebody else is dysregulated, that's a problem. That, that means something's not right. There's probably some danger here. So my body's going to amp up and go, where's the danger? Oops, I better prepare for danger. Right. Um, and when we're parenting these kids, that's chronic. Yep. And helping our brains o- learn to override that, that, and and to teach our systems that like yes, there's there is this this signal and the environment that says oh danger danger, but there's actually not danger. It's okay for me to be regulated. It's okay for me to be calm. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's really really hard to do, and usually we don't do it until we're way past the point <laughs> of no return, way past. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm laughing because I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I parent. I parent as well, and yep. I have relationships. And, right. Um. So, but that is contagious. That's a big piece of it, and mm. so that to and to give ourselves grace and compassion for that. Of right. course, my nervous system feels like it's been traumatized. I live with somebody who's experienced trauma like I've, I I could never hardly even imagine, and that's seeping in and, and changing my own nervous system. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and for our family, we just have one child, but, you know, many, uh-huh. many have yes. multiple children that have all, you know, and they all have different trauma backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it just compounds it, right? Absolutely. And so, and I'm hoping that, you know, everyone that's listening, what, two things are happening. One, first of all, that, that parents that are, that find themselves, um, you know, reacting to their children, kind of how you're, you're describing that they're going, okay, I'm not unique. There's not something totally really messed up with me. This is just what's going on. So there's an awareness to that. And so that's one thing I hope is happening. And then two is just what we talked about just earlier, that 
it's okay to um, go and find someone, whether it's a professional counselor or whoever, or a trusted close friend that, as you put it, which I really like that, they're regulated. And yeah. they can help us as a parent to regulate. And so, right. good. That's real good. Um, anything else that you think would be good to add to this topic? Well, like just as you were talking just now, I, I started thinking about that that piece of when we can understand what's happening, when we, when we can understand that, oh, I feel this way because of this or my kid feels this way because of that, that opens us up for compassion, whether mm. that be towards our child or toward ourselves. Yeah. And the more that we can find opportunities to have compassion toward ourselves, the more regulated and connected and, and, and compassion and self-compassion is uh, one of the hardest, yet really one of the easiest and most accessible ways to practice self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, because you don't have to leave the house. Like you don't have to find a babysitter you can trust. You don't have to have money to go out and, you know, do whatever, you know, and so often when we talk about self-care, it's, well, go hang out with your friends or go, go golfing or go get a mm-hmm. massage or go do all these things that cost money and last an hour. And then you go home and you really don't feel any better anyway. Right. Um, and that learning and thinking about self-compassion and why it's okay to give yourself compassion. That's sometimes hard for people in our culture. Yep. Um, and then compassion becomes this kind of like uh, this little friend that's always there because mm-hmm. you can always take a moment to pause and give yourself a moment of compassion. And the mm-hmm. more that that happens over and over again, you are going to change your nervous system mm-hmm. kind of overall. But it doesn't require, you know, taking a five minute break. It doesn't, re- it, do- it requires nothing except noticing how terrible this is, giving yourself compassion for it. And right there's a moment of self care. Hmm. That's yeah. great. That's really great. I need to put a little blurb in the book chapter about that. So people will come and listen to what you just said. Mm-hmm. Be good. Yeah. Um, very good stuff. And, and I, my thought on that was, um, you know, for those of us that are married, having that compassion for our spouse too, you know, cause yes. when we see the other, you know, spouse getting very dysregulated, yep. it, you know, it's easy for us to be critical or to judge or to, you know, Hey, what's wrong yeah. with you? That kind of thing. Instead of being uh-huh. compassionate about, Hey, you know, uh, I understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this is hard. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and so, that's, uh, you know, I fail at that more than I, sh- I should, but. Yeah, a- I think everybody would say that yeah. if every, people being honest would say that that's true to you. I mean, me too. It's real easy to jump in and be and mm-hmm. and and finding ways to be with my husband and say, especially outside the moment, like, hey, this is how I'm this is how I can help you. This is how you can help me. Right. And doing it in a way that's. Like, hey, we're on a team. I get it. Let me help you here instead of yeah. why are you doing this wrong? Yep. Um, yeah. That's a whole nother chapter probably. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or I'll leave that up to the marriage experts to write yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I appreciate it. A lot of really, really gold nuggets here. And, you know, we could probably spend a lot more time diving in on some others. 
but um, I, I appreciate the time you've shared with me today and, and, and the, those that are listening. Um, I wanted to give you an opportunity to, to you mentioned a couple of things. I want to give you an opportunity yeah. to promote anything that you're doing or a resource that you'd like the parent, you know, parents to know about. You know, you, you mentioned that y'all are starting to plan for next year's retreat. And I was referring to this retreat. If you want to talk about that some, that'd be great. Or this uh, group that sure. if you're going to be doing this nine month group again for adoptive parents, whatever that you'd like to, to promote, that'd be great. Sure. Yeah. So, um, my colleagues and I here in Austin have, um, for the past three years held a, well, started as a conference and we've morphed it into a retreat, which was our intention from the very beginning. Um, and what, what we, you just, like I said, just yesterday we're meeting about and talking about is, is that it's not a, it's not, a, it's not a parenting conference or a how to mm -hmm. parent. Um, that's easy. We can do that too. And we're happy to do that. But what we've done with the retreat is really focus on, on, um, parents as people. How can we take care of you? How can we give you, you know, six or seven hours of, of connection and community and regulation and cup filling, whether that be because we're, we're trying to give you healthy foods or, you know, a beautiful environment to be in or, um, and really just bolster the, ner the nervous system, you know, for unfortunately a short period of time, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, for That's that good. Yeah, still good. Yeah, day and a half. Yeah. Um, so we're hoping, so we, the retreats called empower, embrace, emerge and, we're tossing around, we're looking at um, venues and dates and would like to have that um, at the end of February 2017, though that's tentative right now. Um, and and my, I, yeah, I'll definitely mention my, my nine-month group that I'm doing because what I'm hoping to do is, it, so I've, I've created this nine-month group and I've, although the moms in it are all um, adoptive moms, and they're all struggling themselves and have all come to a point of like, I need help. I need to focus on me. Um, and so I've created this loose curriculum because we're kind of co-creating it as a group as well, where mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're starting the group going, how do I want to feel when, when this nine months is over? How do I want to feel that's different than right now? And we're really taking some time to explore that and what that means yeah. um, and approach goal setting from that way. Um, and then we're doing like self-compassion, shame, resiliency, um, being present with ourselves. How can we, um, uh, really just focusing all on moms, all, mm -hmm. all on the parents. They just happen to all be moms. Sure. It's a coincidence. Um, and, and like one of them said, like, I don't even want to focus on parenting in this group. I just want to focus on finding myself again and feeling mm -hmm. better myself. And I was like, that's right there. That's self-care right there. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to prioritize myself. Um, and my hope with that is to run it, you know, this, this cycle and kind of co-create it with these amazing women and then figure out, okay, how can I turn this into something that I can do online yep. um, so that I can reach parents all over the country and all over the world? Um, because it's easy for me to forget that not every parent has access to a great therapist or to a great trauma informed support. Right. Cause we, we live in a place that we've got lots of support. Yep. Um, and knowing that there's people all over the country and all over the world who don't, you know, they'd have to drive hours to get mm -hmm. trauma informed support or they couldn't afford it. And so, so really trying to figure out like, how can I turn this 
how can I turn this group, this self-care, intensive self-care, because I think that's an important piece of it, that it's, it's, I'm not just teaching about self-care, we're practicing it right. and making real changes in the moment. Um, how can I deliver that to people over the internet? So right. I'm trying to figure that out. Um, and then if anybody is interested in or enjoying what I have to say, I do, I have a blog um, and you can kind of keep up to date with, with the, with, you know, if I turn that group into an online group and mm -hmm. I've been doing some, some webinars that I've been trying to run at pretty low cost. Um, and my, my blog is globalcounseling.wordpress.com. Um, so I'd love if anybody wants to check that out and see what's happening. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, for those that are listening, they'll be able to find this information, the notes of it. Uh, on my website when this podcast is available on my website. So we'll have all those links that you mentioned and on there and, and, uh, awesome. and I'll, I'll be excited to keep track of what happens with this uh, possibility of that online course or whatever it yeah. turns out to be. That'd be good. Yeah. And also the, with the retreat. And I remember, you know, when we attended back early in 2016, there were some people from out of town that came. And so if, if, yeah. you, if listeners are not in the Austin area, which I know they are, yeah, and this is something that interests you. I, I personally highly recommend it. So that'd be great. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. Well, Robin, thank you so much for your time. I know that you have a busy schedule, and, and that means a lot to me that you took the time to, to come and share with us. And so. Absolutely. I'm honored. I love, and you know, I love the idea of reaching as, you know, as many parents as possible. So thank yeah. you for having me. You bet. I know that's your heart. Well, thank yeah. you, those that are listening today, um, and we will talk to you next time. I don't know about you, but that was some very helpful information that Robin gave us. Specifically, one thing I picked up was how imperative it is as parents that we're able to provide regulation and secure attachment for our kids. And, and so much of that is paying attention to what we need. And as we were going through the different things that uh, I list in my book and we were discussing those, she made a great point that it's really the same list that we, we go through with our own kids um, when they are dysregulated or having a meltdown or having a difficult time. And so often that's the exact same thing or it is the same thing that we need to do as well. That um, is very helpful. And I just want to encourage you that uh, you're not alone. And if you don't have support where you're at to reach out and find that support, whether it be like-minded parents or professional counseling. And if you are struggling finding that, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I would love to uh, get to know you and, and help you in that, um, finding that kind of support and also being a friend uh, of a, another parent of, um, of a child that comes from a hard place. If you do want to um, check out Robin Goebel's website, her blog, and other things that she mentioned here in this conversation, just go to kennethacamp.com slash session 007, and that'll take you straight to the um, show notes for this uh, podcast episode on my website, and then you can find the links there in those show notes. And could I ask you to do a couple of other things? One is uh, to go to iTunes, subscribe to His Hands, His Feet podcast, then rate and review the podcast. That would mean a lot to me as I am beginning this podcast uh, and getting the word out about it. 
And then if you are a foster and adoptive parent or you know someone who is and um, you, you know, just based on this episode here or maybe some other things you've heard me talk about as far as this book goes and you're interested, you can grab the ebook uh, right now on Amazon and a print. I am planning on uh, publishing a print copy of it in early 2017, but right now you can get the ebook version now on Amazon. So I'd encourage you to go and grab a copy. Um, been getting great reviews on the book, and I think it will help and encourage and inspire those who are fostering adoptive parenting. So with that, um, thank you for joining me here on His Hands, His Feet. We'll talk to you next time.